Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We're going to be in the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew, chapter 15 is where I'm going to be. I hear paper turning. I love that. Paper Bible people, I'm with you. I feel you. Matthew chapter 15 is where we're going to be. Uh, Before I get there, can I vent for a minute? Can I vent? Can I just unload? Some of you are like, what is happening? There was like, I heard a little bit of a clap, like, oh, Pastor Steve's going to vent. I'm really not going to vent because I'm not sure you want to hear what's inside. Here's what happens, though. Doesn't it feel like we're at a time that we're getting pressed a little bit? And there are time, How many people over the last seven, eight, nine weeks have just either vented or wanted to vent? Right. Many of us, if not all of us, where we get squeezed, something happens, and then something about an unfiltered conversation. Let me give you an example. This last weekend, I took last weekend off. I sort of needed to get recalibrated. I need to get some space to myself and figure out what God was doing and and what was going on. So I had the opportunity to take a couple of days off. And I actually went to an inn on the eastern part of the state uh, at a state park. And while I was there sort of refreshing, trying to figure out what was going on with God, I was on a sun porch during an evening. And next to me were two gentlemen who this is not a judgmental comment, it's just reality. To the best of my recollection, have, they probably were drinking maybe all day. Because when they were talking, and I was about 10 feet away from them, when they were talking, what was coming out of their mouths was unfiltered. Do you know what I mean by unfiltered? Like stuff on the inside comes out. Some of you have really good filters and none of that comes out, right? But these guys were having, and it got so uncomfortable that I actually walked away. I just didn't want to hear it. And so the next morning, I eat breakfast, and I go on the sun porch the next morning, and to my left, about 30 yards away, were two women. I don't want to call them older. Let's call them more experienced. (laughs) Two uh, more experienced women down down to my left, about 30 yards. Their conversation, I could overhear it because it was an enclosed space, was going fine, and then something like flipped, and they went on a session of rampage about what was happening in the news. Like it was just, it was unfiltered about what their opinions were, what this, what about that, all that. It was just, have you had those moments? Just to be transparent in my own life, the last couple of weeks, I can remember one in particular where I uh, went home after a long day I walked in the door. I didn't even give, I I didn't even ask permission, but I looked at my wife, Ann, and I said, Ann, I just need to vent. Like the the pressure of the day was pushing me, and I just went home, and I didn't yell, and I didn't cuss, but what came out of my life was, or out of my mouth was not uplifting. It just came out. But what I realized after that, because that didn't feel really good after that, I went back, apologized, repented, right? But what I, what I felt like after that and what I considered this weekend while I was away is, why do I even need a filter? Think about that for a second. Why do we even need a filter? Wouldn't it be interesting to live a life where you didn't need a filter and what came out of your mouth wasn't death and destruction, but actually built people up? Here's a couple of Proverbs to think about. Proverbs 18, 21 says this. 
It says the tongue has the power of life and death. Your words, my words, have the power of, of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Words are powerful. Here's another proverb, Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. We have to watch our words. This is not a message to say that you shouldn't get angry at things. Jesus got angry at things. There are things going on in the world, in the United States right now, where anger is okay, but what's coming out of our mouth should be helpful, and it should not partner with the enemy to bring more death and destruction. And so it got me thinking about this unfiltered life. How do I live unfiltered? And it got me thinking of this question. And I'm asking myself this question. I I want you to ask yourself this question. Are you pleased? Are you pleased with everything coming out of your mouth? Are you pleased with everything coming out? If you're okay with everything coming out of your mouth, if you could please stand and then you can pray for us. Because what I'm noticing is words are flying around all over the place like crazy and they are not uplifting, they are not giving life and they are not healing, they are destroying. So are you pleased? I'm not, I want words to come out that are unfiltered and full of life and healing, which is why I'm teaching this weekend on this thought of being unfiltered, but I'm teaching it in this Kingdom Stories series that we're in where we're sharing about the parables of Jesus. And my whole goal today is when we walk out, you have a tool and a recognition in a world that needs Jesus how to live a more unfiltered life in a good way. That's my goal. That's a big goal. And I want to do that through uh, the words of Jesus, Matthew 15. Before I read this, I'm going to start in verse 10. I need to give you some context of what's going on in this story. Jesus is probably halfway through his ministry at this point. And he's been going town to town. He's been preaching great messages. He's been healing the sick. Miraculous things are happening, which is drawing crowds. People are wondering what's going on. So crowds are coming around him. Figuring out, what is he saying? What is he doing? Who is this Jesus guy? Well, at the same time, the Pharisees, the Pharisees at this point were experts in the law, the Old Testament stuff. They were, they were experts. And they even, it says in the story a little bit earlier, they brought their scribes. The Pharisees and the scribes start following Jesus. And the scribes are the, the guys that would write down on a scroll the law, and they would make sure, they would check, yep, doing this, yep, doing that. They were like super experts, right? And so they start following Jesus because Jesus is drawing the crowds away from the Pharisees. It's become a little offensive. Like the Pharisees are used to teaching to large crowds, and now Jesus is drawing a large crowd. And and let's watch Jesus, what he does. And this is the crazy thing. They catch Jesus in this egregious, bad, super bad, incredibly bad thing. You want to know what it is? They catch Jesus doing this really, here's what Jesus did. He was walking down the road, he grabbed some food, and he didn't wash his hands before he and the disciples ate it. And the Pharisees were ticked. 
Because in the law, it says before you eat, you've got to wash your hands. You, you make yourself ceremonially unclean if you don't wash your hands. So what they're saying to Jesus is, Jesus, you are not clean. You are dirty, and people are following you, and that's a sin. What are you doing? And they start calling Jesus out because he didn't wash his hands. He's not following the letter of the law. So this is what Jesus does in verse 10. Jesus calls the crowd to him. Pause. Jesus calls the crowd to him. Jesus realizes in this minute that this is a big teaching moment. He didn't pull the Pharisees and the scribes together and say, this is what I'm going to say. He didn't pull his disciples together and say, this is what I'm He pulled the entire crowd together, essentially saying, this is a big deal. Pay attention to this. And he says, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth doesn't defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that's what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard that? He replied, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They're blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Pause. That was the parable. And if you read that, it's not really hard to understand what Jesus is talking about. But Peter, who had hung out with Jesus, who had heard parables before, asks this question, please explain the parable to us. To which Jesus says, are you still so dull? What, what is happening? Are you still so dull? Jesus asked. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile him. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. So in that parable, in that account, I see a number of things that would help us live a more unfiltered life in a good way. But before I jump into those two, I want to pray. Will you pray with me? Because we need Jesus' help. So Father, we come before you in a world that is a little bit of a mess right now. And we ask that you open our hearts, our minds, our ears to hear your word. To help us live a more unfiltered life. That when the world presses down on us, we need help during those times. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here's what I see. Living an unfiltered life requires a couple things. First thing, you can write this in, or if you're online watching it, you can write it on the back of a napkin. Here's what you want, I want you to write down. Living an unfiltered life requires pulling weeds. It requires pulling weeds. I want to unpack this. It might take me a few minutes, but hang with me. I want to start with this. Matthew 15, 18, Jesus says, But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. Jesus is responding to the Pharisees who are calling him unclean, who are calling him dirty. And they're reminding him that in the law, to be clean, there's rules, there's regulations, there's things that you need to do, they're documented, you should pay attention to those, because they're written, and it's a rule, and it's a law, and Jesus stops and says, time out, it is not the rule and the law and the regulation and the legislation that makes someone clean, it is in the heart. That's where the answer is. 
Jesus is saying in the middle of this that your heart is like soil. It's like it's like soil. It's like a, a fertile ground for things to get planted in. If you didn't listen to Pastor Mark's message last weekend, you should listen to it. He talks about the four different types of soil. It is a great addition to this message. Your heart is like soil that you allow things to be planted in. Things are planted in all the time. And that's what makes you dirty, not the rules and regulations that you can. Let me say it a different way. There's a lot of mess in the world right now, but we cannot legislate a heart change. Can't do it. Some rules are great. Some laws are great, but at the core of it, Jesus says it is a heart issue that we're dealing with. So the frustration that I had, and I went home to my wife, Anne, and I said, I have to vent, and things came out of my mouth. I did not yell, I did not cuss, but what came out of my mouth was not the awesomest thing that came out of my mouth ever. Those things come from my heart. That's a heart issue. And the danger is, it's in the parable today, Matthew 15. This is actually the parable. Verse 13 says this. Here's the danger. This is Jesus replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up. Every plant that my heavenly father has not planted. You, we, we are allowing in the soil of our hearts, we are allowing other people, other things to plant their plants in our garden. We're allowing that. In Jesus' time, it was the Pharisees. The Pharisees were going to crowds of people and they were telling them, do this, do this, this is what the law says, this is what you should do, this is what you should think. Yep, about that news story, this is what you should think. You should go do this, you go read this, wake up at this time, go to bed at this time, wash your hands before you eat. This is how you think about it. That's what the Pharisees were doing. They were planting things in the hearts of the people then. And Jesus calls the Pharisees a specific thing in the parable. He calls them blind guides. Look at this, verse 14. <clears throat> he says, leave them there, blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Blind guides. While I was away, I was thinking about this message. And I was thinking, how many blind guides do I have in my own personal life? How many blind guides do you have in your life? Who you're allowing, who I'm allowing to plant the things that they say, the things that they do into the soil of my heart that then comes out. So in my life, I've got three things. <clears throat> These might be relevant to you, maybe not. The first is other people. Other people. I have people. This is not everybody. Most of you are awesome. Just kidding. But I have people who I don't interact with frequently, but I can think of one right now that when I connect with them, what comes out of their heart is opinion, not always fact, but they are bent a certain direction, and it's not bent towards God, it's bent towards opinion, and I listen to them, and sometimes those things get planted in my heart. It's a blind guy. Does anybody have anybody around them? No, you all are perfect. Yeah, a couple of you, right? Other people can be blind guides. The other one for me... <clears throat> is the news. Uh-oh. It's the news. I'm not that old. I'm 47. Some of you think that's super old. It's really not. But I can remember, I can remember a time uh, 20 years ago, 
25 years ago, when I watched the news, I could be way wrong, but when I watched the news, what I saw was the news instead of all the opinion. And today, what I'm noticing is we have the news and way more opinion. And too often, that gets planted in my heart and in your heart. I talked to someone yesterday after this message, and they were describing how they really don't watch the news a lot, but they spend three hours a day listening to, and they told me the person that they listened to. It was not Jesus. We're allowing other voices like the news, like the talk show hosts, like whoever, to plant in our fertile garden of the heart, and then those things spill out. The other thing is social media. Many of you knew, uh, know I do social media a little differently. I friend complete strangers on Facebook, so I've got a couple of thousand people I've never met. have no idea who they are. So my social media feed is crazy right now. But what I was hearing when I went away for a couple of days was almost verbatim between the two guys on the sun deck and the two more experienced women in the sun porch. What I was hearing was almost verbatim what I had seen online on Facebook. Too often we let social media to plant things in our hearts that come out that are not from God. And here's what Jesus says. As he's giving this parable and he's realizing that the Pharisees have planted things in people's heart and he starts calling them blind guides and now that we think about blind guides in our own life, here's what Jesus says to do with blind guides. He says this. He does not say that. He says leave them. Matthew 14. Leave them. They're blind guides. Leave them. Create distance between them. Here's the risk. If we don't leave them, what's in there comes out. And here's, here's what it looks like for the things that if we attach ourselves to blind guides, verse 19, for out of the heart come evil thoughts. See if these things, see if this list makes sense to what you're seeing today. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, False testimony, slander. That's what defiles a person. If you look at that list, doesn't that list look really relevant to what's happening today around us? We have blind guides that are planting things in our heart, and out of our mouth come those things, death and destruction. Come slander, sexual immorality, murder, all the things that the enemy would love to do to steal, kill, and destroy in this world. If we have blind guides instead of this, what we should do is leave them. I'm not saying go in isolation by yourself, don't talk to anybody, don't watch the news or don't go on social media. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is some of us, some of you are consumers. You're consumed by things that are being planted in your heart by the news, by social media, and by other people. And the risk is that you are becoming a disciple of something other than Jesus Christ. Stop it. Did you know that in America you didn't have to have a social media account? You can turn it off. The news, you can actually hit the off button. That works. So here's a question. What weed, it's a question I'm asking myself. What weed do I need to pull today? 
I could have put what weeds, multiple, but what weed do I need to pull today? What blind guide that I've allowed access to the deepest parts of my heart to put their plants in my soil, what weed do I need to pull today? And for some of you, if you pulled one weed, your life would be radically different. I talked to a, a, a lady two weeks ago who was full of fear, full of fear. And so I asked, what are you watching? What are you listening to? And she described that what she was listening to was the latest updates on social media with the protests, with the riot, with this, with that COVID, with all these things. And my next question was, okay, well, are you praying as you watch for those things? No. Well, it's no wonder you're full of fear. You've opened your heart and filled it with everything the world and the enemy wants in there. No wonder you're afraid. Pull that weed and your life would be way different. So what weed do I need to pull today? Because living unfiltered requires pulling weeds. The other thing I see in the text today from the parable, living unfiltered requires a dependence on Jesus. You can fill that in. A dependence on Jesus. We go back to the parable. It's really a short parable. It's like one or two sentences. Matthew 15, 13, it says, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. I want us to pay attention to that parable in a really nuanced way because I think if we're very cautious about this and we listen to it very carefully, at the heart of it is the gospel. When we allow things to be planted in our heart, those things will be uprooted. If we go back in Scripture three chapters earlier from this parable, I want to read something to you about this uprooting process. It says this, Matthew 12, 36 and 37, But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment. For every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Every empty word. I have said some stupid things in my life. Boy, I need a Savior. I am beyond, when I read a verse like that, I am beyond thankful that Jesus Christ died on a cross and paid for these stupid things that have come out of my mouth. That on the day of judgment, can you imagine, if you don't have a right relationship with Jesus, just imagine this for a second, that you will be standing on judgment day, and I can only, if I could imagine, the empty words that we have been spoken individually would be like a card catalog that would fill this auditorium with the silly, stupid, empty words that we would individually have to go through and be judged on. Oh, I need a Savior. This is one of those... I just cannot express, this is one of those run to the cross moments. 
that if we don't have a right relationship with Jesus, I shudder to think what judgment day looks like with as many empty words flying around. So I want to pause for a second, and I'm going to give an opportunity. You don't have to do anything crazy, but we did this each service. Each service, someone has responded. I want to give a run to the cross opportunity because Jesus is available today to sign off right now on those words that you've emptied into the air. I want people who are far from God to be connected to their Savior. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pause. I'm going to pray. But I want every head bowed, every eye closed, and I'm going to pray that if anybody in this auditorium, anybody online, you need a right relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to stand, and then I'm going to pray for you. So Holy Spirit, I invite your presence to come, and if there's somebody here that needs a new right relationship with Jesus, or someone online that just posts, I need Jesus, would you stand right now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Holy Spirit, I pray for those who are standing. It's almost like I see a picture of Jesus and he's signing the back of every idle word that you've ever spoken and saying, I've got this. Nope, I paid for that one. Nope, I paid for that one. Nope, I paid for that one. So God, we give you thanks and we worship you for being the Savior And would you come and clean out the hearts of those who are standing and those who are online saying, I need Jesus. Would you renew a right spirit in them? Would you place in them a new heart, a new heart of love and partner with them going forward, God? I pray that in Jesus' name. You can be seated. For those of you who stood, here's what I want you to do. As you're sitting back down, there's an orange card in front of you. I want you to fill it out and turn it in because I want to connect with you this week. I won't do anything crazy. I just want to be praying for you this week and connect with you. So that would be super helpful to me. So here's the, here's the opportunity. Here's the opportunity. We not only get a Savior that saves us, from all of our empty words and all of our junk in the past, we also get a Savior that partners with us going forward. It doesn't give us license when we say yes to Jesus to then unload and vent when we get squeezed, right? We still have to confess, repent, turn around, make those things right. Like when I vented to my wife, I could feel that it was the Holy Spirit inside of me sort of pressing me, saying that was not good, and so I had to go back and confess and repent. But here's what happens. Here's the promise of God when we partner with him. Look at this, Ezekiel 36, 26. God says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. When we say yes to Jesus, when he is the Lord of our life, we get a new heart. We also get a new mind. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 2.16. He says, we have the mind of Christ. We get a new heart and a new mind. So when we go out into the world that's all crazy, we don't have to partner with the enemy and steal, kill, and destroy with our words. We get to see what Jesus sees. When we see another human being, we can recognize that God created that person for a purpose. He created them uniquely 
I can't destroy that. God created you and you and you and you to do something I never could. We get to breathe life through our words on what God is doing. If we go back to the Proverbs that we started this message with, Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of, say it with me, tongue has the power of life. The tongue has the power of life. Proverbs 12.18, the tongue of the wise brings healing. I don't know about you, but the world today needs more life and healing than our words. That's what we need. We need life and healing. But to get that, we've got to pull some weeds in our life, and we have to get the promises and who Jesus is in our heart if we want them to come out. As I was speaking to the woman two weeks ago about them watching all the social media of all the protests, all the COVID updates, all those things, my question after, are you praying, was, are you reading your Bible? Their answer was no. If we want to fill our heart with the promises of God, of who Jesus is, it's in here. Hebrews 4.12, many of you have heard this verse. For the word of God is alive and active. It is not dead. It is not an old document that can't give us. No, it's alive and active today. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. If you go back, I don't know if we can do this, Proverbs 12.18, it says the words of the reckless probably can't do that. That's all right. Are pierced like swords. The enemy uses people and gives them words that are reckless, that pierce like a sword. The reality is this word is sharper than anything that the enemy could ever throw at us or throw at the world. This is the perfect answer. The Jesus in here is the best answer. We have got to fill ourselves with this. James 1.8 won't come up on the screen. You can write it on your handout if you want. James 1.8 says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil. Pull the weeds. Stop following blind guides, which is so prevalent, and humbly accept. Look at this. Humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Humbly accept this word planted in you, but it's got to get in there. This is what this means. When the next thing happens in 2020, what are we at now? Murder hornets? Are we at that level? What level are we at now? What's the next thing, right? There'll be a next thing. We live in a sinful, fallen world, so whether it's murder hornets or the next protest, whatever it is, here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to run to social media to know what to think or how to respond. I don't want to jump to the news to figure out what to think and how to respond. I don't need another bandwagon. I need Jesus. That's who I need. That's who you need. The best advice about the economic downturn today, it's in here. You want to figure out whose life matters? It's in here. Jesus knows. Fill your heart with it. Here's the deal. Here's the bottom line of this message. When 2020 squeezes me hard again, you know what I want to come out? More Jesus instead of more of the world. When 
When 2020 squeezes every one of you this week, next month, the rest of the year, it should not matter if we fill our lives with Jesus, more Jesus will come out because that's the promise. What's in your heart comes out and it can bring life and it can bring healing. You can write this down, an unfiltered life. That's what I'm talking about. When you get squeezed and you go unfiltered and when you're full of Jesus, Jesus will come out. That's what I want. An unfiltered life has Jesus at its core. Living unfiltered requires pulling weeds. You've got to make space if you're going to get more Jesus in there. And it requires a dependence on Jesus. Here's the opportunity to close today. If you're online, Keith and Ryan will be helping with prayer time there, but I want you all to stand while we close. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.